Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hey everybody, this is Marnie. Welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends and you are in for some great information this afternoon with our guest Dan Dental. We're talking on the subject of media training, how to get your own story into your own market media, your target media locally or even if you want to go bigger than that, but we're going to talk about your target media including TV, radio, newspapers, blogs, and magazines. Dan is the perfect person to teach us about this because as the Los Angeles Times describes him, he is an internet marketing expert. He's uh, the author of multiple books that have been translated into numerous languages. He's been a reporter, a business newspaper editor, and a PR professional. He knows how to get publicity and how the media works. And as a reporter, he's interviewed President Gerald Ford and First Lady Barbara Bush. And as a PR person, he was on the PR team that launched AOL. And there's so much more you can learn about Dan and about what he does over at PRLeads.com. But today during the next hour, he is going to be teaching you how to scout the when, why, and where uh, of reporters, where, how, to, how to find them. And then number two, how to prepare the credentials and the instant response documents you need in order to be considered. Number three, how to pitch from do-it-yourselfers to paid lead PR tactics. Uh, number four, research. What you need to do before responding to a reporter. Number five, how to reply. How to, how to make it to the top of that pile that you want to be at. Number six, the expectations that are reasonable and how to set good goals. Number seven is focusing locally, how to pitch reporters in your local area or in your vertical market online. And then finally, number eight, how to follow up, how to maximize each publicity booking to improve your brand and make more sales. And we're going to do this all in one hour. Oh, my goodness, Dan, welcome to you. Thank you, Marty. This is great. I love your outline. This is so detailed and specific. I feel like I'm back in college again. This is great. You are this boot camp man, <laughs> and you're the teacher, so get kicking. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to know about this subject, isn't there? There, there sure is, and I'm glad we're focusing it on local publicity because uh, I, I think cause we could do we could do workshops forever on each of these topics you know I, I've taught day-long and week-long courses at Berkeley uh, on these topics as well so we're going to try to get as much information as we can into this uh, one-hour period so thanks for having me on your show oh I love it I love it that you're here and I love I love having you in my life Dan Janel. way to go <laughs> okay let's start by uh, let's start by talking about scouting the when why and where reporters look for success what is scouting first of all and if someone has never scouted uh, media before for their own project um, what what is the very first thing they need to know Oh, well, uh, scouting obviously is uh, it, it's primary to everything. It's getting your message out to that one person or the, that, that one group of people who can make all the difference for you. And those are reporters because people still read newspapers. They still watch TV. They still listen to radio. And sure, there's social media and there's the Internet and there are blogs and all these other things. And that's great, too. But there's also the media, and they are part of that community, too. So if anything, the media is expanding. And because of that, frankly, it's never been easier to get into the media because the media, especially the local media, are always looking for local stories. They want to feature the authors who've written books if they're local. They want to, f- to focus on companies that are doing great things and having great products or are uh, contributing to the community in a wonderful way. So uh, the odds are stacked in your favor. The local press wants to write about you. The trouble is they don't know you're alive. So you want to scout the reporters and present your story to them. We'll go through these steps. Uh, but the first step, of course, is scouting. If they don't know you're alive, they can't write about you, right? So you want to find out who can write about you. Now, a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that they just send a, a, a call the editor of the newspaper, or and it's just not done. The editor of the newspaper is involved in business and finance, whatever. You need to find the reporters who cover your uh, topic. 
And frankly, if you're not reading newspapers and magazines, if you're not listening to television and radio, then you're at a severe disadvantage. You really have to be a consumer of these uh, media, or you have to buy a list from a company that, that does. Because let's face it, I watch Channel, uh, Channel 9 every night for my news. Maybe I watch Channel 11. I don't know who's on Channel 4. I don't know who's on the other channel. You know, I just, I just don't watch it. You know, hey, I'm human. Um, same with television, with radio shows. There are hundreds and hundreds of radio shows here in Minneapolis. Some are geared for sports. Some are geared for women. Some are geared for politics. Some are geared for religion. Some are geared for health or business or finance. And they're all great. I don't listen to all of them. I can't possibly. But you need a list to let you know about what you don't know. So you may listen to NPR and you don't know anything else. Well, you have to know about all those other stations, too. So you need to get a good list. So how do you get a list? Well, you can go online and do a lot of research online. So you look at your local newspapers. You might type television stations in your area and ask for, you know, say, who's the sports reporter? Who's the business reporter? Who's the women's reporter? Who's the political reporter? Who, who covers small business? You know, such like that. And you can get a good number of names there. So if you're dealing with a finite universe, the world is an easy place to work with. If you want to expand beyond your uh, well, Minneapolis is a pretty big place, but if you were like in, uh, you know, Red Wing or Rochester, which is, you know, a nice-sized community, that, that's very manageable. But if you go to Minneapolis, it becomes like a little bit bigger. Then if you want to do the whole state or a region, because you sell to an entire region that could include a couple of states, then you have a bit more of a task for you. And in that case, you may want to buy a list from a reputable company that sells media lists. And my company does that, of course. But again, if you're dealing with a small community, you can probably do it on your own. Um, but again, the first step is to go to their websites and look for the reporter who covers your topic. And they usually have an email address. They usually have a phone number. They, they, the reporter may even have a blog. And that's where we get into the next level of scouting. So let's say you found the one reporter who covers business in your area, and they're a perfect fit or health or whatever the topic happens to be. And they're, they're just right. You just know them. They're, they're always profiling small business success stories or small business philanthropy stories or women who've achieved or local people who've written books. You, know, you have a target. You've done your research. That's great. So how do you get in touch with them? That's the next step. Well, a lot of these reporters have blogs, and, if they, and they also have written stories before. So you want to get on their good side. So how do you do that? You read their material. You get to know them. That way, when you pitch them, you can refer to say, hey, I, re I realize that you wrote about uh, uh, a number of our uh, authors in the local area, including this person and that person, well, I thought you'd like to know that I wrote a book as well. Or I noticed that you profile local companies that are doing good things for the community, and uh, I read your article was inspired by Company A and Company B. I want to let you know that our company is also doing good things. And, and you know, so that way you're, you're really flattering the reporter, and you're building rapport. You're letting that reporter know that you, you read their stuff, uh, that you like their stuff, and believe me, that will put you ahead of 99.9% .9 of all the PR people in the world, let alone all your, your other competitors who are just like you, because they don't do that research. They, they send one message to every reporter at every newspaper, and they hope something will stick, but that spray-and-pray approach rarely works. So if you follow my advice and really scout the reporter, do your research and find out who the right person is, what they write about, and then contact that person with the knowledge that they know you, that you know that, that, excuse me, that you know, that they know, that you know, that you know who they are. Does that make sense? Uh, <laughs> I think you follow me. Um, then you'll be a leg up on everyone else. I think the thing that really jumps out to me in that whole process there of scouting is the part where you are actually taking the time to make sure that you're pitching directly to the right person in the first place. And when you're that confident about that, they'll also have this different level of confidence with you because they'll know, right, whatever you're pitching me is on target because you know me. You've been following me. Exactly. That's so true. You know, you have to get inside the mind or the desk of a reporter to see what they go through on a daily basis. And just imagine you go to your mailbox in the morning and there are 500 messages from companies that are all saying, write about me, write about me. 
and 99.9% of them are really not what that reporter would ever, ever, ever write about. So let's say they're, they're, they're a business reporter and they're getting stories about uh, women's health issues. You know, they're never right about it. You know, just a total disconnect. So they go delete, 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 delete. They're to- so burnt out. And yet at the same time, they have to come up with a couple of stories a day or a couple of stories a week. They have to be on the lookout for something new and interesting. So they have to go through all this stuff because you never know when there's going to be a golden egg in that, uh, in that dreck. So when your message stands out that says, hey, I read your stuff and I admire your work and I have something that fits in right with what you're doing, then that, that's, you're the only person that day who, who did or that week or that month. So <laughs> I want to put that in perspective. It really is that important, and, it, and you really will stand wow. out so much better so your story will get covered. So awesome. The next thing then is how to, you know, how to stand out. What do you do to prepare then? Okay, well, we talked about a couple of steps in preparing about the report and what they write about. Now let's talk about a little bit about what you can do to present your story in the best possible way. And this is, this is new material, frankly. I haven't really talked about this before um, because the world is changing. We all know the world is changing, but here's how I see the world changing. We used to look at emails on computer screens, and computer screens might be a, a 10-inch diagonal, 11-inch diagonal, 12-inch, maybe even a full desktop, you know, 16, 20-inch diagonals, who knows? But that's, that's, that's a different world. Everyone today is using a tablet or a smartphone, and you're dealing with maybe, you know, the amount of space, if you hold your hand in front of you, that's about the, the amount of space you have to capture a reporter's attention. Anything longer than that, looks really, really long. So I've always been an advocate of writing short, but short to me was 250 words. Now I think it's three sentences. And I think those three sentences really come to the, uh, come to the point of view of your readers are interested in X. You know, X is your topic. Your readers are interested in women's health care. My company provides a new solution for women who are undergoing X treatment. You know, I'd be happy to talk to you and give you a tour of our facilities. Call me at this number and, or reply to this email. It's got to be that short. Maybe, and, of course, you have a link to your website so they can investigate more. But at least there, the reporter knows that you're on target. Uh, you, 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 you've, you've built a case, even a small case, that says the readers are interested in this topic. Uh, and you, you, you go from there. But anything longer, anything too much longer than that, just seems like you're writing war and peace on a smartphone. It's really hard to get through. And look at the attention span of young people today. And this is not a knock or anything. It's just the way the world has been configured since the beginning of Sesame Street and the, 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 uh, from about 20, 30 years ago. Short segments. And those segments get shorter and shorter and shorter. Now we're living in a Twitter world where... 140 characters yeah. is about as much as people can absorb before they're on to the next thing. And I don't care what age you are, it's affecting us all. We have very, very limited attention spans because of television, radio, commercials, and now Twitter. We are programmed for short messages, and we tune out if the message is just too long. Even if we think it's a wonderful message, the person on the other side just does, isn't wired for that anymore. Oh, my goodness. That's so true. This is Marnie talking today with Dan Janel of PRLeads.com. We're going to come right back and talk about pitching, researching, and replying. We will be right back. The fastest and easiest way to find out which major women's events are coming to your area is to visit www.womensevents.info. That's womensevents.info. It's the only directory of its kind, and it features all of the major events like Women of Faith, Beth Moore, E-Conference Women, and so many others. It's free to search, and you can find it all at womensevents.info. Hey, this is Marnie. Welcome back. And we are visiting today with Dan Janel, who has been a reporter himself for years, has been serving uh, individuals who want to get in the news, as well as reporting. He's kind of the middleman here for thousands of um, individuals and, and news outlets in the world. Uh, you can learn more about that at prleads.com. And he's here today talking to us about how to get your own story in the media. And Dan, this is something that we all want to 
stay abreast of how, how do we do it best right now? You were just talking before break about the three-sentence pitch. And go a little further into the pitch because I, I'm totally 100% in agreement with you about short is better. But how do you also, in short, how do you give them enough so that uh, enough teaser so that they really want to follow up with you? And I know they're busy. So what's the right amount of information there? Uh, well, that, 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 that's a good question, but it's also one of those tricky questions that you really can't answer. How much is yeah, enough? I, know. <laughs> I, I think it's the bare minimum to capture their attention so they want to know more. So, you know, think about it. When you're applying for a job or when you used to apply for jobs, you'd have a cover letter and then your resume. And the purpose of the cover letter was to get people to read your resume. Um, so it may have been short. It might have been cute. You might have wrapped it in pink paper. You might have done, you know, a number of things to catch someone's attention. Same here. You know, if you say your readers are interested in knowing about companies that are doing something good, or you, you, your readers want to know about a politician who's actually doing something good for the community, well, my client is doing X, call me. So, you know, startling statements work well. Statistics work well. Um, but just getting your message across in one sentence, I mean, think if you're talking to your teenager. You know, you, they have limited attention spans too, right? What do you do to capture their attention? Well, you're not going to yell at them. You're going to do something that points out it's in their best interests. So that's, yeah. that's really key. Yeah. So, again, think Love about that. it from the reporter's point of view, not just your own point of view. One of the things that I've started doing just recently with the pitches, and I'm quoted pretty frequently at different um, uh, media outlets, is to do the, the little – usually I just do like one or two sentences at the beginning. Then I have a short signature um, that's very short. Then underneath I have the, another section that I – bar off with lines and I have either, like what you just said, a very eye-catching quote, uh, something that they can just slam right into a sidebar or into a call-out box or into, their, into the middle of their article on it, and then underneath that, how to contact me if they want to interview me further, which really allows, and then the bio underneath there. So that really allows them to just capture in, you know, 10 seconds the gist of what I'm talking about and to decide if they want to keep reading down the page farther. When people do pitches, Dan, um, do you recommend the do-it-yourself approach? Do you recommend the paid leads? Obviously, your program is, is a paid program, uh, not, like, not like everybody's, but uh, talk to us a little bit about the actual pitching of the idea. Sure. Um, pitching is – let me give you an exercise for pitching. You gave, you gave a great example as well. Think, of, think that you're calling a reporter, and they're not there, and you get your, their voicemail. Yeah. So you want to leave a message on their voicemail that, so immediately you know you only have about 20 seconds. You think, oh, wow, that's not a lot of time. It's actually a lot of time. It's enough time to say, hi, my name is Dan Janelle, and I am the president of uh, PR Leads. We help experts get publicity. We help small businesses get publicity. Publicity is important for your audience of small business owners because they need to maximize their marketing dollars, and publicity is the least expensive form of marketing. I can give your readers 10 tips on how to get publicity without spending a lot of money. Please call me at my phone number and, or my email address. That took all of about 15 seconds. And I could have actually gotten a little lot. bit shorter. That was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, you got a lot out there. You say who you are, who you work with, why they're interested, how you can benefit them, but also make sure that you point out that it's reader-specific because reporters care about two things in the world. One, they want to make their readers happy, and two, they want to make their editors happy. They don't necessarily care about making you happy. So the only way to make them happy is to give them a story that their readers are interested in, and if, they, and if you do, then their editors will be happy. Because here's what happens in a newsroom. Reporter gets a story idea. It might be from you. It might be from their teenage daughter. It might be from uh, another news source. You know, they're driving to work. They hear something on the radio. Say, hey, that's kind of interesting. I'd like to do a story about that. Um, they might have gotten, you know, uh, run off the road by an angry driver, and they want to do a story about road rage, you know. So what do they do? They have to get that story approved by their editor. So they go to the editor and say, and say hey, I want to do a story about road rage. And say, oh, sounds like a good story. Then they say to themselves, okay, now I need to speak to someone who's a psychiatrist who can talk about road rage. I need to talk to a, a victim of road rage, and I need to find, a, say, a, a law enforcement officer who can tell me about information about road rage and what to do and maybe some statistics. 
so bingo. You know, now, now she, she knows what she has to do to, uh, to write the story. And if you fit into any of those slots, you're going to be included in that story because reporters follow the path of least resistance. So if you're in their Rolodex and they know you're alive and they come across a story that you'd be perfect for, you're going to get the phone call. So pitch a reporter, and even if they don't say yes, they'll probably keep your name on file, especially if it's a local reporter, because they know that sometime in the future they're going to need someone who can talk about your subject. This just brings up to mind, and I know we're talking about pitching right now, but this brings to mind the incredible tools we have right now with LinkedIn and different social media outlets where we can actually get, you know, like you said, to have a Rolodex. You know, that's really... Almost anymore, we don't. <laughs> you know, we have these other, we have these other ways of keeping track of people, and you just want to be. It's almost like advertising yourself all the time, except that you're not paying to do it. You're actually putting your name out there all the time as the expert in this, or we're the company that does that, or we're the organization that helps these people. And you want to keep being out there and in front of people's eyes, so when they go to look for you, they can easily find you. That is so true, and it's never been easier. You know, we talk about this outreach to reporters, but there's another more subtler way to do this. You know, we talked about reporters having blogs. Uh, well, you can comment on their blogs. So say they've written an article about something, you can comment about that. So they're talking about, oh, real estate uh, trends in your area, and you're a realtor. You can go into their blog and post an information that says, yes, it's never been better better time to buy a home because rates are so low or because there's so much inventory or whatever, then your name is plastered there along with your email address, and people can see that and say, well, who, maybe I'll contact this person. After all, who's going to read that article? People who are interested in buying a new home, right? And then your name is right below it. So this is a great way to use the reporter and the media right then and there to use the audience that they've already built. Right. Well, and it's just such a win-win. I mean, Actually, I was just—I don't know if you noticed that in the last couple of weeks, Dan, that there, there was a, a newspaper that was looking for people to comment in their uh, business section because they didn't have enough comments. They—they they need to have more comments. You doing it—it's a win for them because it makes their column look more popular if people will comment on it and like it and things like that. It's a win for you because you get your name out there in front of, like you said, the people who are interested in your topic that day and the reporter might happen to see that you are in there uh, and recognize you as an expert or somebody that they could interview at some point. So, I mean, it's just a win-win for everybody. It's a, it's a wonderful way to go about it. Well, uh, talk to us about paid leads. Uh, excuse me, I didn't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. Talk to us about paid leads. Paid leads. You mean like the PR lead service? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thanks. Yeah, we've been, we've been running this service for about 13 years now, PRleads.com. We get, re- we get requests from reporters. Uh, they could be local reporters, but more often than not, they are national reporters uh, for major magazines, newspapers, uh, and other publications, including online publications. And they're, they're working on stories just like that, that road rage story. And they're saying, I need to find a psychiatrist, and I don't know who, who can comment about this because uh, I don't want to call every psychiatrist in the yellow page and say, hey, do you do road rage? And find out that no, 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 or the receptionist won't take the phone call or transfer them over or whatever. It's really hard. So um, they put their leads out through our service, and then our clients get the leads. So they get the leads that they're appropriate for. So if you're a psychiatrist, you'll, you'll get the information about road rage. If you're dealing with women's health, you'll get those issues. If you're dealing with small business growth, uh, you'll get those leads. If you're dealing with real estate, you get the real estate lead. It's as simple as that. So you get a lead that has the reporter's name, the publication they're working for, uh, a little bit about the description of, of the article so you can see what information they're looking for, and their, their name and their, their contact information. And if you have information that can help them, then you respond directly to them. And I always work with all of my clients and teach them how to respond directly to the reporter so you're not flying blind. So I know a lot of people on this call are interested only in local publicity. But here's the, here's the interesting thing. Your readers, your prospects, your customers can be impressed by local media, and they're even more impressed if you get national media. So it doesn't hurt right. for you to go out and get 
you know, fish in a bigger pond and gets bigger publicity because that reflects more positively on you. And I've had a lot of local people, all kinds of service providers, all kinds of businesses get quoted in major magazines. And then when someone goes on Google and says, hey, I need to find a dentist or a psychologist or a, uh, a kickboxing studio or whatever, they'll see the media writing about that company as well. And that way you get the glow from the, the reporters, from a national publication, say, gee, they must be really good if they were quoted in these publications. Right. And I think for clarification, Dan, your service is not just local to Minnesota. Your service is all over the country, um, media outlets that are looking for stories. Oh, definitely. It, it, yeah. The biggest and the best media outlets. And, you know, people say, well, gee, maybe I'm not the biggest, smartest expert in the world. Well, you know, um, that, that, that's always a fear that a lot of my clients have, and they talk themselves out of the leads. And I have to tell them two things. You know, number one, it's wrong. And it's wrong because, you know, Professor Smith at Harvard may know more about psychology than you do because he's the chairman of the department, but Professor Smith is not one of my clients. So he's not going to see the lead. So he's not your competition. Um, And second, uh, reporters want unique information. They don't want the same old stuff. So if you have a new way of doing something or something interesting, and you all do because you've been working at your business for a number of years, you've come across different instances, uh, we have weird stories, everyone does because they all have weird clients, right? I have weird clients, you have weird clients, we all have weird clients. And they, 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 they teach us to come up with different, different solutions. And that's what reporters are looking for. So they don't care if you've gone to Harvard or Yale. Uh, they just care that you've learned from the School of Hard Knocks and can share those stories with them because that's what's interesting. You know, and from my perspective, there's, there's a couple additional benefits to working with uh, a company like PR Leads or another one of the lead services. Um, Dan's is wonderful, and I, I encourage you to check that out. But just being participating in something like this, there's a couple things that happen as a byproduct of it, a, a side benefit, if you would, from you possibly even getting quoted in a major media. And of course, that increases your chances of being found on Google when someone searches for someone like you, even in your local market. But the other thing is, it, it increases your awareness of what people are writing about right now. Um, what's hot in the news. I love that aspect of it down for myself because sometimes all of a sudden everybody's asking the same question about my niche, about something that I'm really uh, qualified to speak to. Well, then I know I not only can reply to the leads I've been given, but that's a great time to send out to my media contact list a hot press release on that very topic. So I love the awareness factor of it. I also love the practice of it. It helps me to really think, like you know how Twitter was for us all? We, did, we didn't know how to talk in 140 characters before Twitter. Everything <laughs> took thousands of characters. And it was a lot of practice for all of us to get so we could say everything we wanted to say in 140 characters. But, but it's the same way with these PR leads or other leads like that in that it teaches us how to speak the kind of language, how to speak in a way that a reporter can hear you. And, and that's really what we need to do. So I love it for that. Uh, when, when we're talking about the benefits of this, can you think of anything else right off the top of your head? Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you hit on a lot of key points there. But also remember, anything you write for a reporter, you can easily turn into an article or a press oh, yeah. release or a blog post or a blog talk radio show, because uh, it, it's great market research. And I talk about that in my book, which is called Reporters Are Looking For You. It has a lot, hundreds of tips on how to respond to any lead service. Because hey, we were the first, we're the best, okay. But, uh, you know, we, every, every business has competition. Everyone on who's listening to this call is the best in their field, and they know there's a competitor biting at their heels, and that's just the way of life. So I've written a book called Reporters are looking for you. It's available on Amazon and Kindle as an ebook uh, to give you all the tips you need, regardless of which service you happen to be using, whether it be mine or or another service. Uh, the tips work equally well because it's what reporters really want to see in a format and a style and the language that they really want to see. 
Awesome. This is Marty. We're talking to Dan Daniel today of PRLeads.com. If you haven't already checked out that site, you'll want to do that as soon as you're on the show here. And uh, we're going to come right back and talk about researching, replying, and expectations. We will be right back. Do you ever need speakers for dinners, retreats, conferences, or other women's events? Check out www.womenspeakers.com. It's the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,500 Christian women speakers, some near you, and some from every level of experience and fee range you can imagine. So you're sure to find lots of great speaker options for you and your next event over at www.womenspeakers.com. That's Women Speakers. Hey everybody, this is Marnie, and I am so glad that you are with us this afternoon along with our guest, Dan Dennell. He is um, an author. He was just mentioning before the break his book, Reporters Are Looking for You, as well as other books that are um, written by him. And his website is prleads.com. We're going to talk right now about researching. I've actually done um, there's there's a couple different levels of this, aren't there? There's probably multiple levels. If you're just replying to a, um, a like a, a PR lead that you got from a service like yours, and you know exactly what the uh, what the writer is looking for, what the reporter is looking for, you can oftentimes turn that one around pretty quickly if it's really in your area of expertise. But there's there's different levels. A, a lot of times the research takes me longer to do than the writing. Well, you may not be approaching it properly. <laughs> oh, tell me do. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, you really shouldn't be researching for a reporter. Because remember, the, 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 their requests went out to dozens of people or hundreds of people or even thousands of people, depending on which service they used. I mean, there are some reporters who put leads out on Twitter. So there could be like, you know, the entire universe could be responding to those people. So your odds of getting quoted or selected could be pretty small. I would not do any original research until I had a relationship with that reporter. In other words, a reporter's response to an initial message that you say says, hey, this is really interesting. Do you have any statistics that back this up? Or do you have any other case studies or any, anything else that would help? Then you know you're, 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 you've been selected from all the possible applicants. So uh, a good way to burn out and spend too much time is to basically do a lot of research before knowing you have the story. So I would uh, take a different approach. I would basically say, here are three tips that uh, uh, can help your readers and respond to your question. And if you have any more uh, questions, let me know. And frankly, a lot of times reporters will copy that information from your message and paste it into their article because they're under deadline pressure or because they're lazy. I was a former reporter, so I can say that uh, without uh, without any uh, uh, malice. Um, it, it happens. You know, reporters go with the best information. Plus, if you give them t- a sentence that just fits and is perfect for what they're doing, and that could just be a simple tip, uh, if they copy and paste, then you're helping them because they don't have to rewrite it. Uh, it's a lot harder to take 17, se- 17 words, excuse me, 17 words, and turn them into 10 words because that's all the room they have. It's a lot harder for them to take oh five sentences and turn them into two sentences. That's where mistakes happen because they'll rewrite your material and maybe they'll use a different word that has a different nuance or a different shade of meaning, and you'll say they completely misquoted me. This is horrible. This is terrible. Why did they do that? Well, the, mm-hmm. the shorter you write the more control you have over what appears in print. So that's yeah, one of the tips I, love I have that. in my book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. And I guess actually I was kind of thinking on a different line when I answered that question too when I was talking about the researching. I think I was back up to scouting. Um, when, I, <laughs> I, when, I want to, when I want to pitch a certain thing and I don't have leads coming in, that's where I spend a lot of time researching, um, looking for just the right people nationally to... Um, to pitch the idea to. So that's kind of where I spend too much time. It's actually scouting, though, not researching. I agree with you 100%. Um, and, and actually, I feel like 
on this research side. And I'm, I'm not sure what, what you were going to um, share here. I'll give you the floor again in a second. But uh, for me, if I don't have those answers really pretty much in the forefront of my head when I see the lead come through, I don't, I don't usually research it and reply because, number one, it's probably not my area of expertise. Somebody else really could answer better to it. The only time I'll answer um, those is if I have an antidote, like a little story, very short brief story or an example of how that had worked in my life, possibly even not from the expert side, but from how it, it affected me as a consumer or as a patient or whatever the person is asking about. So go ahead and, and, and talk about what kind of research actually should a person do before replying. Well, I, I do like your idea of researching reporters, so I do want to spend a little bit more time on that, if that's okay. And you know, yeah. you've probably heard the yeah, you've probably heard the eighty twenty rule, where you know eighty percent of your uh, act results come from twenty percent of your activity, and there could be like eighty percent of your stock market returns come from twenty percent of your stocks, and, uh, <laughs> and it goes on and on. Right. It just goes uh, to everything, and I think. Uh, there, there, that applies to reporters too. There, there are hundreds and hundreds of reporters, uh, but there are only a few that are really going to make a big difference in your lives. And that's where research comes in, and you have to determine you know, what really matters to you. Should it be local? Should it be national? Um, you know, you don't want to spray and pray, as we talked about before. A lot of people say, gee, if I can only get on Oprah, uh, my fortune will be made. Well, I know a lot of people who have been on Oprah, and their fortunes have not been made. And the reason is because right. their audience doesn't watch Oprah. Uh, and mm. It could be anything under the sun, but it's just like, you know, Oprah has her niche, and she has certain people who watch her show, and uh, they may not be your niche, but she has a lot of people who think, oh, gee, if she has 25 million people watching her, and only 0.1% of those people buy my stuff, I'll be rich. Well, that's the biggest way to lose your, your shirt. <laughs> You know? So we might be jumping ahead here to managing expectations, but I think it's really important for people to realize what the media can do and what they can't do. You know, there there are a lot of maxims uh, that people are led to believe that uh, you know, build a better mousetrap and the world will be the path to your door. Well, in some cases, yes. You know, people bought the pet rock years ago, right? You know, had no function whatsoever. That people just bought it because it was a fad. Um, and yet, there are hundreds and hundreds of other products that go begging for for buyers because they can't get attention or because people just said, I, I, I don't need this or this is cute or whatever. Uh, but there are lots of great books that don't get bought, lots of great products that don't get bought. Um, and I think if they just get one article in the media, uh, that will make all the difference in the world. Well, it starts to make a difference. But it's not just one thing. It's a combination of things. And it's constantly, you know, Digging and digging and digging and digging and digging, and I'm sure everyone here is, uh, has heard stories of overnight successes that only took 20 years to happen. And right. they got there because they, they they got there because they did all the right things. It just took it just takes time. There are very few Justin Biebers in the world. You know, 12 year old kids who suddenly become you know mega stars. And you know, you gotta love it. I mean, it says the, the world is working in a great way when 15 year when every year there's some other 15 year old kid who comes out of nowhere and becomes a pop star or a Nashville star or you know makes it against all odds, even though there are thousands and thousands of other 15-year-olds who wish they could do it too and are taking very, very similar steps, but one person just happens to stand out. You know, I don't understand quite how that happens, but it does, and every year it does. So, But on the other hand, there are a lot of people who, who, plat, who put their nose to the grindstone and year after year, and then it just adds and adds and adds and builds and builds and builds, and you build the reputation and you build your list, and then, you know, it all comes together and, you know, the, you, you, there's an old saying, you know, you, you take care of the pennies and the nickels and the dollars take care of themselves. Um, and it's just so true. Ben Franklin talked about the value of compound interest and it, it's being one of the great uh, laws of nature and it is so true. So you plant your seeds today and they grow and they grow and they grow 
and I just want to you know emphasize that uh, because when it comes to the media, you plant your media seeds, you build relationships with reporters, they write about you this year, next year, and the year after, and when people are ready to buy, then they see your name. You know, one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard was from a, a speaker named Patricia Fripp, who said, "It is not your client's responsibility to remember that you are still in business." I'll say that again. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah it, it is not your client's responsibility to remember that you are still in business. That's why everyone advertises. And I mean everyone. I mean, look at Coke and Pepsi. Look at McDonald's and Burger King. Has there been a day in your life when you haven't seen an ad from them? And they're some of the biggest, best, most well-known companies on the face of the earth. And yet they are advertising like crazy because they're deathly afraid that they're prospects will not remember them, that they'll go to the other one if they don't advertise. So I think that's, that's a rallying call for PR as well. You constantly have to do it. One press release is nice, two is better, three is even better. Same with advertising, mm. same with online, tweets, social media, whatever. You constantly have to do it in order to stand out or just to keep your head above water. You have, constantly have to be there so when your client is ready, they remember you. How many times have you bought something from someone else and said, oh, I used to do business with a company just like this, but I'm going to this company anyway just I don't know, I just passed by their store when I drove by, and, and I'm going to Office Max instead of Office Depot <laughs> or Staples. And uh, loyalty switches like that in today's world. So you have to constantly be out there. Um, the other thing about managing expectations is that when a reporter does write about you, it doesn't mean that your world is going to change. Uh, it is a step in the right direction, and I'll give you some, some meanings on that. You know, I, I get the Wall Street Journal every day. I get Business Week once a week. Uh, I, I get lots of other newspapers. But there isn't a person in the world who reads every article in every newspaper every day. So you could get a copy of the Wall Street Journal. You could be in. Just let me rephrase that. Someone could have written an article about your company, the Wall Street Journal or Business Week or your local paper, and your target audience doesn't see it. Why? Well, Business Week has 150 articles that people just skim. They may not have seen yours. They might have not have gotten that far back. So what do you do? It's your responsibility to let your key audience know that you've been quoted uh, because not everyone sees everything. Excuse me, I need to take a, a drink. Actually, actually I'm going to just interject here while you're doing that, Dan, mm -hmm. because... One of the things that I encourage people to do is if you know you're going to be in media, don't even wait until it's out on the day that you were pre-interviewed for it or, for instance, you being on this show, Dan, on the day you get the booking for a show, whatever, start talking about it. And actually people are really, they're kind of more, they like to be on the inside edge of something. They like to know about it in advance instead of you just popping it on them after it's already out there. So, so there's, a, there's kind of a big um, window of opportunity for you to let your, let your audience know that you're getting media. That, that's so true. And when the media hits, then you can tell everyone about it. It gives you another reason to stay in touch with uh, your audience. And by your audience, I mean your prospects, because they just may need one more nudge uh, to get to buy. And I mean your former clients, because they may be out of the game for a while, but now they're in six months, they could be back into it. And you never know when that six-month mark is, so um, you send it to them and say, oh, okay, great, I need a new car, or I'm looking for a new house, or um, I need a new something. And they see your mail and say, okay, you know, it's time to talk to Marnie again. So uh, you want to deal with your uh, former clients. And also, you want to send it to your current clients because they're just one phone call away from working with one of your competitors who's offering you know, a lower price or an extra bonus or something else to sweeten the, the, the pot because everyone's trying to steal everyone else's clients. So you want to send it to all those people. You may want to send it to your banker uh, if you, you know, so when you apply for a loan, they know who you are. You may want to send it to your mother-in-law just so they finally understand what you're doing. You know? That you're brilliant. So, 
Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, as Marnie mentioned, you're going to want to send it all over social media and say, hey, I was quoted here and have a link to it. You put it on your blog. You make a big deal about it. And then you redesign your website. I don't mean a major redesign, but you want to have on the front page of your website that you're quoted in this publication or you're seen on this TV show. Why? Because that has a lot of credibility. Now, we all know that when you go to someone's website, they're going to say they're great. That's, you know, why wouldn't they? Uh, my website says I'm great. Your website says you're great. But if we have a logo from a major media outlet or a local media outlet, someone with credibility, that's going to tell the world that they think you are great too, and that carries a lot more credibility. Absolutely. There's just this little invisible commercial blocker in all of our minds where if it's a paid commercial or if it's me talking about me, that people just block it out. But if someone else who they respect says something nice about you, they don't have that same filter going on. They actually hear it. <laughs> they actually see it. And if they did hear the other stuff or whatever, they value the one from somebody else higher. I mean, it's, it's kind of a principle way back to Jesus, you know, where it says just let somebody else say something good about you and don't always be saying it yourself. You know, it's wonderful when a media outlet will pick you up and, and say something nice about you, say something about your company, about your organization like that. We're going to take a last break here and come back and talk about how to get to the top of a reporter's pile, how to really focus locally, and how to follow up effectively. We will be right back. Do you carry a few extra pounds around than you'd like? Are you sick to death of dieting or maybe sick of resisting the urge to diet because every time you try, you gain back more than you lost? Check out eatingwithgod.com. That's eatingwithgod.com. It's the easiest, most obvious, and most powerful non-dieting approach to weight management that you'll ever find. Starting today, you can enjoy every bite eating with God. Learn more at eatingwithgod.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we are having a delightful training conversation here with Dan Donald today of PRLeads.com. Thanks so much for being here, Dan. This is just such great information. Well, thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. And we got about 15 minutes left here. Let's talk about how to actually get to the top of the pile. You know, you talked earlier about 500 emails, and I know for a fact when I've used services like yours, Dan, to uh, pitch out that I need an expert on a certain topic, oh my goodness, you get so many responses. And they're, they're amazingly wonderful people. And it's like, wow. And how does a person get to the top of that pile? Okay, great question, great question. I have like hundreds and hundreds of tips in my book called Reporters Are Looking For You, and let me share a few of them with you now. Number one is your subject line. You want to use their headline that they used in uh, the lead as the subject line. That way it will stand out uh, from all the other messages they get. And believe me, all the spam that you get, they get, and, and, and more, uh, because they're very, very public. So. The first thing you want to do, again, is use the headline that they've used. You may want to use the name of the service, too, uh, as well. So you say PR Leads or ProfNet or whichever service it happens to be. That way, again, it will stand out from all the diet and uh, weight loss ads and you know, other you know, stop smoking ads and on and on and on that, that people get. Okay. Then when you write your message, I like to think there are three key components. Uh, and it's all, again, very, very short. Um, so the first part is a brief introduction of who you are and where you fit into the story. So you might say that you're a small business owner or you're a retailer, you're a psychologist, and that way they know where you fit in. Because basically reporters are programming a movie, in essence. They're doing central casting. Remember we talked about that road rage? You know, they're looking for a police officer to talk about statistics and what to do. They're looking for a psychologist to talk about why people do this. They're looking for a road rage victim so it makes uh, they can personalize the story. So they're really putting together a little movie. So you want to cast yourself properly in that movie. So if they're saying we're looking for a psychologist who can talk about bullying, Fine, tell them you're a psychologist who specializes in bullying. Don't tell them that you also 
deal in divorce and mediation and you know 16 other topics they're not interested in keep it really really focused um, then you want to give them a couple of tips because frankly lots of people who are responding are equally qualified as you you know they've all gone to college they all have degrees maybe they've written a book maybe you've written a book so you know the first paragraph really just shortly tells them you're qualified but you know don't write your whole resume there because frankly it's boring if they, if they need to know more they can go to your website to learn more you just want to let them know that you're a doctor you're a lawyer you're a dentist you're a realtor whatever and you have you have the expertise that they're looking for that's cool the second element answers their question so it gives them a couple of tips so if they're looking for like how can um, you reduce stress uh, if you're a victim of road rage you know you might have three ideas now, you don't want to give them the same ideas as everyone else. Now, you don't know what everyone else is going to say, of course, but there's some things that are just so obvious that everyone is going to say them, and it's just not going to be unique. It's like, how do you reduce stress? Oh, take a deep breath and count to 10. Well, yes, it works, but no, it's not unique. So while everyone else is zigging, you want to zag. Give them a different kind of answer. And you probably know 10 answers. Just throw out the ones that are most obvious. Give them the ones that are truly unique. That's why people are going to hire you anyway, because you have the unique answer. If you're the same as everyone else, then you know, you're not going to get hired. It's like, oh, I'm a dentist. Well, great. You went to dental school. So did everyone else. Oh, I've had 20 years of practice. Well, so has everyone else. Oh, I like children. Well, so does everyone else. Oh, I have uh, happy meds that uh, take the stress out of, work, uh, out of getting your teeth uh, cleaned or filled or uh, pulled. You say, oh, happy meds? I like that. Suddenly, you, you, you've given them something that's different from everyone else that makes you stand out. So if in your practice you have that USP, you know, the unique selling proposition, you know, use that as part of your answers, too, if it makes sense. So I like to give two or three tips in a response. That way reporters can literally copy the information and paste into their article, as I mentioned before. And, again, if you, the shorter you write, the more control you have over what appears in print and the easier it is to work with. Now, the kiss of death, you don't want to say, I'm a psychologist and I have 17 years of experience and I've dealt with many, many people of this kind of issue and if you call me, I'll be very happy to talk to you and I'll bend over backwards and to make your article a success. Now, that says you're a good person, but it doesn't say what you're going to say. And the reporters don't have time to pick up the phone and call you and play voicemail uh, tag with you to finally get an appointment and then find out you said the exact same thing that someone else had said or written in a previous interview, and then you know, they just, they just, you've just wasted their time without realizing it. So I, I circumvent uh, everyone else, and, and my clients do, and they get to the top of the pile by having two or three tips that are truly unique because that's what reporters want. And the third part of the uh, well, the message simply is your contact information. So it's your website, it's your phone number, it might be your desk phone number. I mean, I really hate it when people give a general phone number and you call that number, and uh, it's like, you know, dial the extension for this person. Well, you don't know the extension because it's not on your, your email, and I see that hundreds of times. You know, <laughs> I get a lot of emails. I call people, and I have the same thing. So you give them your, your desk number, your cell number, your direct dial number, put your extension there. Don't overlook the obvious. When I have my signed new, new clients, I make sure that they send me their first few responses so I can go over those things and make sure that they haven't left out anything obvious. And frankly, none of the other free services or competing services of mine do that. They, they don't have any kind of personal service or attention to detail or customer service. You get the leads, and frankly, some of the leads are pretty good, but if you don't know what to do, then you're not going to get the response, or if you're doing something stupid, then you're not going to get quoted either. So uh, it, it, it pays to spend a little bit, a bit of money and get the job done right than just you know spin your, your, your wheels in the wind and, and get nowhere. So that, that's my two cents on that story. So that's how you'll get to the head of the pile. Awesome. I, I want you guys to know, too, I wonder, Dan, how long I've known you, maybe 10 years. I don't know when we first worked together on anything, but I've used in the, in the interim, I've used free services, I've used uh, for press releases as well as PR leads, um, all kinds of different services. And, and what you just said is so true about your service. You guys do give the personal touch. You actually get involved. There's actually a, there's a there's a training uh, there's a training level in here not that you sit in a classroom with people, but you actually you actually apply your own expertise 
to what they're doing until they get the hang of it a little bit. And I just am so grateful to you for that. You just uh, head and shoulders above above other services in that way. So just you guys check them out at prleads.com. Let's go ahead real quickly. Our time is running out here. Focus locally. Um, how how do you recommend if someone's listening right now and they're ready to get off the phone and contact a local reporter? How how are they going to start? What is what's their first step? Okay, call call the reporter. Uh, you can't start to get voicemail. That's okay. They'll screen the voicemail. Um, give them your pitch again. Time your pitch. Test it before you call them. You know, have a stopwatch. Uh, maybe uh, record it. Uh, on your computer or your tape recorder or whatever, and listen to it. You know, make sure you sound confident. Make sure that you have pauses, and make sure that it is short. And again, you want to follow the, the cardinal elements. You want to make it about their readers, why their readers are interested in the story, because that's why the reporter will be intrigued by the story. And then give them a, a few tidbits of information about why your company is great or why they'd be interested in your company. And of course, give them your contact information and say it slowly. In fact, I, I was probably the originator and creator of, you know, leave your phone number twice <laughs> because uh, I, I got all these, these voicemails uh, and they, they say, hi, you don't know me and uh, you've never heard of me before. But you really want to call me back because and my name I have good information. Like yeah, and my name is, you know, John Johnson, and my phone number is one two three four five six seven eight nine. It's like, huh? And then you have to listen to it again to get it down, and it's just so frustrating. So say your phone number slowly, repeat it twice, and uh, you'll increase your chances of getting a call back by ten thousand percent. It's amazing how little things like that really do make a big, big, big difference. And I loved earlier in the show. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, if you do actually get a reporter who picks up the phone, and in some local communities that that is still possible, Uh, if you do get a a, a reporter who does pick up the phone and say, hi, are you on deadline? Very first things out of your mouth, not your name, not where you're from, not your story pitch, but hi, are you on deadline? And they'll either say yes or no, because for reporters on deadline, they have absolutely no time for anything. They might have picked up the phone because it was a source that – they were hoping to uh, to hear from, and uh, uh, but say those believers say no, I'm not, and they say great. Do you have 30 seconds for a story pitch? We'll say sure, I have 30 seconds, and say do you do your pitch. Are you interested? And that's it. You know, you don't. So many people just just talk and forever and ever and ever. And reporters sometimes are too polite to say I'm not interested. So they're doing their nails. They're going back to doing email. They're doing whatever. And you're just talking and no one's hearing anything. So you want to pause. You want to get them involved. Does this interest you? Is this something that is good for you? Are you the right person to talk to? Is there someone else at your paper who would be a better, who would be interested in this story? Those are good ways to end the conversation. Awesome. And I wanted to say I was talking with a, a producer of a TV show a while back, and she was saying how she can tell usually, and you want to have that whole 20 to 30 second pitch ready. You want to have that really ready and polished. But she can usually tell in the first two to five seconds if the person's going to be a good guest for TV. Wow, that's really fast, you guys. So have it polished and come out, come out of the gate ready to perform for that producer or reporter, and they will listen to you. Dan, we just have two minutes left. Following up, how do you maximize each publicity booking to improve your brand and make more sales? Okay. Uh, we talked before about sending your, the articles to all the people that you are uh, linked with, whether it be on social media or email. That's key. You know, I'm a big believer that you only need to do two or three tactics, and, uh, and that's it. You don't need to have 100 different ways of doing things. Publicity is easy. You can do it. You can do it yourself. You can get the tools to help you do it more effectively. But this is not rocket science. If you do the basics really, really well, you will get a lot of publicity and you will get a lot of new business. So stop jumping and looking up for the next big, bright, shiny object that's going to you know, transform your life. It's the basics that work. Just keep on doing the basics time after time after time, and you will become an overnight sensation, hopefully not after 20 years, hopefully a lot sooner than that. But again, do the basics, and all the good things will follow. I love that. You know, earlier you talked about Oprah, getting on Oprah, and I'm, my ships come in, you know. But uh, I, I often, we, because we own a restaurant and a retail store, and I've written 12 books and all, this, all these different things, and in each of these categories, people will tell me, they'll say, 
you know how you can make really great money? And then they'll tell me this idea that they saw somebody do or their cousin Henry's wife's brother does or whatever, and you're just making money hand over fist. And my answer, my question always back to the person is, but have you ever done it yourself? And that's kind of how it is with PR too. If you've never done it, you might say, if I just get in one newspaper, if I just do this one thing, it's all going to come in. But if you do it, Dan, your lifetime story here uh, of doing it and doing it and helping other people do it well, it is something that you just do all the time. You just build it into your routine. You keep doing it, and it has an effect over time. And sometimes you get a big splash that really has a big effect. But more importantly, you do it consistently, and you just build it in, and you know that this is the right way to do it, the right to do it. Dan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs> Well, we went flying fast. You guys got to read his book, Reporters Are Looking for You by Dan Zanel, and visit his website, prleads.com. Thank you all for being here. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, whatever you're up to, and I hope you'll be back with us next week for another edition of Marty's Friends. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.